Let us jump into the Bible today. Mark chapter 15. Jesus has now uh, been turned over to be crucified. You remember yesterday, we looked at that story of Jesus standing on uh, before the people. Pilate has now turned him over and has released Barabbas. And the crowd has now shouted, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So now this moment has arrived. The Bible says in Mark chapter 15, verse 16, then the soldiers led him away into the courtyard. That is the headquarters. And they called the whole company together. And they dressed him in a purple robe. Purple is uh, the color of royalty. They put a purple robe around him. They twist together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Remember this, friends, that uh, in the beginning, uh, after uh, the fall of man, the Bible speaks uh, that, uh, that the ground will now produce thorns for you, the Bible says about Adam, and that he is going to have to labor and toil in hard work. And so the, the thorns are a symbol of our sin as they are pressed down into his brow. And just imagine, these are not just little briars that you get picked up in the woods of Georgia. These are thorns, three, four inches long and thick that they drive down into his forehead, literally going underneath the skin. And it's symbolic of the sins of the world being placed upon the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. They twist together a crown of thorns. They put it on him. They begin to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews. So you have the chief priest involved in this. Not only that, you have uh, the, the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, the chief priest that handed him over. The Roman soldiers now have him. And, and the Jews to the Romans were, were nothing. They were the dust of the earth. They were the dirt on their sandals. And so the idea of a Jewish king who, who, could, who could rise up against Caesar what a, what a folly, what a joke they thought. And if this is the king that, that you have desired, look at what Rome will do to any king that rises up against the mighty empire, against the Caesar. And so they now begin to salute him and say, Hail, King of the Jews. And they kept hitting him on the head with a reed and they were spitting on him and they were getting down on their knees and they were paying him homage. So they're getting down on their knees and they're bowing down to him and paying homage to him. And they were mocking him. Then they strip him of the purple robe. They put the clothes on him and they let him out to crucify him. Oh, what a, what a devastating scene this is to imagine in your heart and in your mind. As you see, humanity's rejection of the Savior. As you see, humanity's rejection of the Messiah. As they put a crown of thorns on him, put a robe around his body, and begin to mock him, salute him, bow in false worship of him, and ultimately lead Jesus away to be crucified. Two things. First of all, I can't help but, but think of how the Lord Jesus Christ in this moment must have wept. You, you know, he stood at the tomb of Lazarus and the Bible says that he wept. 
and that he was angry in himself. And, and most commentators say the anger of the Lord Jesus Christ at the tomb of Lazarus and the weeping of the Lord Jesus Christ at the tomb of Lazarus, yes, was for the death of his friend, but more so they say it is representative of Jesus' anger towards sin that brought death. And, and so if Jesus is, is weeping over sin at the tomb of Lazarus that brings upon death, imagine how Jesus must have, have wept in this moment as these these men, they, they hit him, they mock him, they beat him, they, they shout at him to, 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 to prophesy to them. Who is it that's hitting you? You could imagine that the Lord Jesus could have very easily looked up in that moment into their eyes and called them by name and said, I'm going to the cross to die for you. You can imagine how this moment must have broken the heart of the Son of God as now the, the, the moment has arrived, the sins of the earth are being pressed down upon him and, and, and he is about to die for the sins that they are committing in that moment as they are rejecting and rebelling against God himself and his, his Savior. And, and all the sins that they're committing against him, he's about to die for. Who? What kind of love is this? The Bible says that, that he proves his own love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. They were mocking him, beating him, sinning against him in that moment. And he's going to die for those who are rebelling against him. Can you imagine this moment? How, how much love Jesus has in his heart for sinful humanity that he goes to the cross and dies for even those who are, who are beating him. The Bible says when they finish, they lead him away to crucify him. Second thing, remember this, friends, that Jesus speaks and he says at one point that he could call forth the angels of heaven and they would come and rescue him in that moment. So, so in this moment, let, let me just paint a scene in heaven for you. In this moment, God the Father is looking down from his throne. God the Father in that moment, he can speak and stop the whole thing. All he's got to do is say, you know what? I'm not going to watch my son be crucified and be treated this way. It's over. Snap his fingers. And in that moment, the earth stops revolving. The universe melts. And the Son of God and God the Father go on in, in eternity uh, forever. And you and I don't know. Because in that moment, everything ends. History stops. There's no remembrance of the human race. God could stop the whole thing. The Father could stop the whole thing. He could have called forth the angels of glory. They're standing, I believe, ready to, ready to go to battle. They're, they're standing at the gates of heaven. They're probably shouting at the Father, let us go, let us go, let us take control of the situation. And, 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 the, Father and the Son knows He has the power to call them forth and they will come and rescue Him at that moment. But the Son says nothing. He allows it to continue knowing, knowing that the only way that sin can be forgiven, the only way that people can be reconciled to a holy God is for him to go to the cross and to die for us. And so he never calls forth the angels. He never asks his father to put a stop to it all. Instead, willingly, as a sacrificial lamb led to the slaughter, he goes to the cross to die for you and me. What kind of love is this? 
He loves you that much. Have you ever considered that? Just how much he loves you. He loves you so much that he would die for you. I pray today if you've never come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've never given your heart to him, just think about his deep love for you today and give your heart to him. It'd be the greatest moment you would ever experience just to give your life to Christ. Would you pray to receive him today? If that's what you're doing right now, just call on him, make him the Lord of your life. And please contact us through our website, flatcreekchurch.net. And we'd love to come alongside of you in your walk with him. I hope today's been a blessing as you've pondered all these things. And I look forward to seeing you next time on New Horizons.